Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new season of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. Brand new. No, 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 no. Year three. What did I say? You said a brand new season. Oh. I was like, what did I, did I thought you said, I thought I said season two instead of season three. Did I say season did three? Did you say season two? Whatever. No. The season point three. is, it's season three. <laughs> We're a little rusty, maybe? A little Switch. rusty. We've been on summer break and have a summer brain. So bear with us as we get back to podcasting and talking to each other regularly. But today, we are going to talk, since it is the start of the school year and since I just wrote a blog post on how to have a successful school year. We thought we'd really hone in and focus on how to start the school year on the right foot with your kiddos. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things you need to be thinking about to help your kids really get off to a great start this year? Yes? Yes, let's do it. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I want you to go first. Mm. Okay, so I think in terms of labels. So the first one that comes to mind for me is schedule. Mm -hmm. And certainly as you're transitioning off of a summer schedule, which is almost always different in some way than the regular academic year schedule, I think for parents, it's really important to identify, okay, what is the schedule going to be this year? And how can we start prepping for that before school starts, ideally? Those of you listening, maybe school's already started. But things like, when does the day start and end? How does my child wake up? Really strong, strong, very strong push for having your child wake themselves up if they are not doing so already. Children are capable in middle school of waking themselves up. So if you have a high schooler who's still relying on you to get them up in the morning, that's problematic. So how do people get from place A to B to C? If someone in your house is driving for the first time, like really having a conversation about expectations of where they're supposed to be and by when, what are the co-curricular activities? I just think having a conversation about schedule is really important. Yep. And along those lines is helping your kids get organized for the school year. So that's making sure that they have all the supplies that they need. I know this, some of you are like, well, Doug, Kathy, I know that, but you'd be shocked (laughs) at the number of kids who show up and you're like, do you have a notebook? How about a pen? (laughs) Anything to write with today? A planner? Did you get a planner? (laughs) So getting your kids organized. What does their backpack look like? What is their system for keeping track of homework? What is the system that you're using to help them keep track of homework? Do they not have a system at all? If they don't, 
right? Like they need to work with us. No, I'm just kidding. The best. Right. They're going to need one. <laughs> They're going to need gonna a need system. One point. Right. And a lot of kids that we work with use their brains as their system. They're like, oh God, it's in my brain. And Terrible. if you, yeah. And if you have a kid who has gotten by on that system and is like, starting high school now, that system is going to fail them very soon and it's going to be reflected in their grades and their teacher comments, right? Mm -hmm. So being organized is super important. And what I know about teenagers and adolescents in general is that if you give them a system, they are not going to want to use it. (laughs) If you're like, well, this is what mom uses at work to keep organized. So many teenagers are are going to roll their eyes at that. And so what you really want to help them do is to research themselves and figure out what's going to work for them and just set some expectations about what you want to see. Like, I will know that you have a good organization Mm -hmm. when these things are happening, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if they aren't happening, here are some of the consequences. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, 100%. So I think that's such a huge point is help them think through options because kids are different. There are some kids who still want like an old school paper planner, but a lot of students I think need to get used to using Google calendar invites and reserving time in their calendars digitally. And then the other thing that I was going to mention is that most schools have some type of learning management system that they mm-hmm. use. And this is often where like teachers, a software, is that you some mean? kind of software mm-hmm. system, right? Where they, where teachers post homework or they might have a in-school calendar function. Really important, especially if your child's transitioning to a new grade level or a new school where there's a new system to become familiar with that, because that is going to probably play a really big role in influencing how your child will get organized and also what type of organizational tool will be best suited for this learning management system. So that's just something because most of that stuff is homework and things is mostly posted online these days. Yes. And some schools will have better systems than others. We work with so many teenagers that we're like, what does your school... And teachers are on three different systems. So getting organized around that, right? Early on and understanding how to use the systems, how to consolidate multiple systems into one that really works for your kid is huge. And I would also say like along those same lines in terms of academic skills, right? One of the things that I see a lot with younger students in particular, not always, but this is a skill, especially if you have kids who are starting their freshman year or going to their sophomore year, is that they really need to learn their school resources and use them. Mm-hmm. For example, one of the biggest resources at your school are your teachers. So, <laughs> yes, right? Like showing up after class, asking questions, if they have office hours, if there's tutorial, like whatever those blocks are, like talking to your kids about how they're using those blocks, right? Looking at the feedback from teachers, getting yeah. feedback from teachers. Some schools do a great job of that. And like like I said, we work with a lot of different kids at different schools and some schools are not so great at that. And so, you know, talking to your kids about practicing with them, right? Like going through their homework and being like, that's a great question to ask your teacher tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? What is the, why don't you ask me what you're going to ask your teacher tomorrow? We do that with a lot of, a lot of kids mm-hmm. who are like, well, I go to, I go to the office hours and then I don't know what to ask. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, let's practice, right? What are right. some questions that you have? And I was like, great. You ask it just like that. Yeah. Well, I think it's such an important point you're making, especially if, if we're talking about 
children transitioning, I mean, at any grade level, but especially from like middle to high school, because mm-hmm. the expectation on students becoming their own advocates is going to increase. And Big it's just time. a hugely important skill for students to be successful, especially in the latter part of high school, which is Absolutely. where they're going to encounter more rigorous curriculum. They're going to go start the college process. They have to learn how to be their own advocate. Absolutely. And part of, I think, learning how to be your own advocate as a young person is really starting to understand who you are as a student and to spend some time reflecting on what are my study habits? Do I, do I have any study habits? So I think parents, what's really important at the start of the year is to guide your children through some type of reflective exercise where they're, they're having to think about, okay, what worked well last year with my study habits? Oh, I started, you know, taking notes in a different way. And that seemed to really help me in my history class, but it wasn't a great method in math. And instead meeting, going to tutorial every week definitely helped me prepare better for tests, right? So thinking about engaging your child in a conversation about what study skills are they practicing currently, what work well, maybe what needs to be sort of brushed up on, and then setting up some structure for how to see if those new, the new implementation of those skills are actually working. Mm -hmm. What I think we run into a lot in our coaching is, is kids employing study skills that they learned in elementary school to high school curriculum. And a lot of that I kind of put at the fault of institutions because a lot of times as students get older, especially in high school, the the the, the focus becomes much more on the delivery of content and less about like how you actually learn. And so mm-hmm. sometimes students who are ninth graders, tenth graders, they act they haven't had a lot of conversation about how to learn, how to take good notes. So for example, in our coaching session, how to annotate. And to, yeah, well, oh girl. <laughs> That's a pet peeve of mine. I'm sorry. I mean, but, no, but like, well, I have a, I have a student where we'll spend a whole meeting going over maybe four or five different strategies for note taking that are really different. Right. But I remember this kid, the first time I did that, she's like, no one has ever taught me this. No one has ever exposed this to me. Right. So that's really important because a lot of students, especially high schoolers enter high school thinking that they know how to study and the way that they study is to read their notes. Yep. And that's it. That's, that's equal study. And that's just, and not not only read the notes, but read the notes the night before the test. Well, that's always, that works. (laughs) That that works. That's great. At at 2 a.m. the night before or at lunch right before the test. I like to, I like it when they read the notes (laughs) as they're walking into the classroom. Correct. They're like, I'm memorizing it right now. It's happening. Mm. Okay. So we won't get into a whole conversation about how to learn, but needless to say, it's very, very important for you to notice as a parent early on. It's like, is it actually working for my kid? Like what is working? What's not working? I thought of a good example. So I was working with a student last year who I'm still working with, who will now be a junior. And one of the things that they noticed was when they started doing their homework before, they had this sort of weird 45-minute block after school and before a sports practice. And previously to that, they had been sort of just kicking it in that 45-minute block and starting their homework after practice, which is later and they're tired and all the things. And they started switching that up. They wouldn't always use that 45-minute block, but they would start using the 45-minute block right after school to get a start on homework. And they were so much more focused and so much more efficient. And they weren't doing it in their room. Mm-hmm. They're doing it in a different part of the house. Mm-hmm. You should read my blog post because I do talk about that. <laughs> 
in my blog post. It's a little bit of, you know, it, it goes in a little bit of a different direction than this episode. But the beginning of the year, I think generally is a good time to reflect on what happened last year, what was working, what's not working, what do you want to try that's different this year? Yeah. What are the expectations? What are the things that are going to give you a clue that things aren't working and how are you going to address it? And just being upfront about that, right? Like, listen, if this doesn't go well this year, right? And you're the way that you're studying, the way this your space, whatever, if that's not working well this year, we've got to try something different, right? And right. how do you go about solving that together? And also just being really clear as a parent, like, if we see this happening again this year, that if you're consistently not turning in homework, mm-hmm. you are not going to play softball <laughs> or baseball or tennis or whatever the thing is in the spring because you're going to spend more time doing your work because that's important to us that you're actually being accountable to what's being asked of you in the classroom, right? And I'm not saying to hyper-focus on grades. I say this in my blog post as well, but being clear about how you want your kids to show up in the classroom. Well, I think it's about cultivating. I mean, part of why we're having this episode is because we're trying to cultivate independence. And I just thought of an example of an interaction I had with a parent that ultimately was a really positive one. But so long story short, their kid had a meeting with me in the summer, early in the morning, like a nine o'clock meeting, which is fine, not early for me, but obviously early for like a 17 year old in the summer. And they had set an alarm. Mm -hmm. They missed the alarm. They Mm -hmm. didn't wake up in time for our meeting. Mm -hmm. I usually hang out around on Zoom, you know, for 15 minutes to see if they'll, you know, rouse themselves. And he did it. (laughs) And I knew because this has happened once before. Right. And I knew that that's probably what happened is that he just slept through the alarm. Yep. Okay. So I just texted him. I said, hey, so-and-so, I'm here. You're not. <laughs> I'm going to hang out till this time. And then I'm out. I'm, I'm out. I don't, and that week I was really busy. I was traveling. So I was like, I don't really have time to meet with you this week again. I, if I did, I try. So sorry. We'll see you next week. Right. And his mom texted me later. Basically saying, I totally understand why you did that. And I'm really upset with him that he slept through this meeting. But I kind of wish you had reached out to me to let me know that he slept through the meeting. But I also understand why you didn't. This is going to be a senior in high school. And I support it. But it had that tenor to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like I could I could feel her struggle as a mom kind of wrestling with this idea of like, I know Meredith did the right thing by not reaching out to me, the mother of a senior in high school to wake her child up. But they are investing in this coaching process. And so for her, it was like, oh my God, what a waste. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally understandable. Yep. And she had a really lovely conversation. I said, I bet you this, he's not going to do it again. I said, he's not going to do it again. Ooh, I love a natural consequence. I said, (laughs) if I had, I said, I totally get it. But if I had called you and the solution was then you interrupted whatever you happened to be doing when you when you got a text from me and then gone into his room and physically woken him up, yep. he doesn't learn anything. Yep. He needs to learn that, nope, it happened. And so she mm-hmm. understood. But I think that's prepare yourselves. <laughs> prepare yourselves for that, friends. Natural consequences. I love it. I use it in coaching all the time when I'm talking to parents. And some parents are like, it's too high stakes. We can't do natural consequences. I'm like, well, your kids will learn faster if you let them totally. have some natural consequences. Because totally. then they're like, oh, life. <laughs> Speaking of natural consequences. Yes. 
a place where this often comes up is around devices. So as you start the school year, maybe some of the sort of device policies in your house that were a little lax over the summer, you were just sort of letting folks just kind of chill, not really on it. This is probably the time to dial that back in. I would love to suggest that you don't have vastly different rules for the summer and the academic school year, because once you sort of mm. put some slack in that line, you roll. It's, oh, hard. Hard it <laughs> it's hard to pull that back in. And if you are a family where you don't really have strict kind of boundaries and rules around devices, I mean, I don't know how many times we can say it. Like, I know. you need a, it. A, a million you times. These children are not equipped to handle the content that is so easily accessible to them on the internet. There's a lot of toxicity in social media channels from students. There's a lot of... You just got to be on it, parents. From a mental health standpoint, from a distractibility standpoint, kids will say, oh, I'm just listening to music. No, they're not. They're listening to music and checking Instagram mm-hmm. and on Snapchat. And watching YouTube videos. They spent, quote, unquote, <laughs> two hours doing their homework. But really, they spent 20 minutes of concentrated time and effort on their homework. Yeah, big time. And I think that's the biggest issue. I, I worry less about the content because I do think kids have – they have positive interactions online too that they think For are sure. helpful. For sure. But I do think the distractibility piece is huge. And we know that as adults firsthand because how many times have you gone onto your phone to do something, been distracted by a notification, and then before you know it, you're in like a YouTube hole learning about how to install an irrigation system in your backyard. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, we, it's, it's very real. Were it's you, like, so on real. On my YouTube channel, like, I was yeah. looking at a plumbing thing yesterday, <laughs> yeah, and I was see? like, I can't solve this, but I kept watching videos. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a plumber. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we are adults, and we have fully formed brains, and yeah. and we we can't control the distractibility, right? Like how many times have you tried to go to bed and you're like, no, I'm just one more video, one more video. And it's 1am, right? There's a word for that. It's called revenge sleep procrastination. So, (laughs) you know, teenagers do it too. And I would say Meredith and I will talk about this a bazillion times because it's related to sleep as well. Yeah. You know, like devices and sleep, they're very closely intertwined with one another. And you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta crack down. I am a huge proponent of getting devices out of your kid's room, even for the whole family, just being like, we're locking it down in 1030 people or 10 or whatever mm-hmm. the time is. And we're getting ready for bed and we're going to read books and it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. And like in the old timey days. <laughs> the old timey days. Remember the old timey days? When we read you, books. When we read books before we went with, to bed. With paper. I know, right? Or newspaper, you know, like an actual newspaper. It's crazy. What? Do you have an actual newspaper? No, but my yoga teacher still gets the her. She was. She talks about how she loves getting her actual newspaper and reads paper. And I will tell you, I'm much better at reading paper than I am same on a device. Same. I'm much more easily engaged. I pay attention. Like it's just not the same as reading on a Kindle or iPad. I know. I'm an old. It's fine. I admit it. What else? Preparing for the school year. Oh, I think one of the things that's going to be really important as students start the new year, we talked a little bit about developing relationships with teachers, and this is sort of an aspect of that, but students increasingly are going to, especially high schoolers, are going to be asked to participate in diverse ways in their learning, both in and out of the classroom. So it's really important for students to start getting comfortable with taking some academic risks in the classroom and raising their hand if they're a more introverted person or starting to be a little bit more 
self-critical about what am I sharing? Why am I sharing it? Thinking through things because more and more class participation, which can be measured in a lot of different ways, is a part of how a student will learn and how they're going to be evaluated. So I think I work with a lot of students who are either very reluctant to participate in class because they don't want to say the wrong thing and they don't want to be embarrassed. Sure. Don't want to appear dumb. Yep. Or they think class participation is sort of answering the very obvious thing and sort of just checking the box. Okay, I raised my hand twice today. Fine. So this is something to really think about if you're someone who's historically like know your kid, right? If since third grade, you've been getting feedback from teachers that they're not participating in class, you have reason to believe that when they start ninth grade, that might be an issue. Now, the problem is in high school, that might be more of an issue because they're going to be expected to take on more ownership. There's less sort of passive receiving of information and a lot more sort of activity and contributing. Yeah. Contributing, adding to the class discussion, participating. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. There's this great book. If you're an introvert or the parent to an introvert who really has a hard time speaking up, and feels that it's draining and exhausting to do that. Yeah. There's a great book. It's an old book, but it's great. It's called Quiet by Susan Cain. And it's also, she has a great TED talk about qui- old quiet now. kids. It is old now, but it's a great book. And it talks about how important it is to have introverts in the world and the power of introversion. And part of her book talks about how we need to, educators really need to look at the ways that they can include all sorts of That's kids. That's a podcast episode. All sorts of kids in things like participation, right? right. So you've got this really quiet, introverted right. kid who's like, oh God, this is so, like causes me a lot of anxiety yeah. to have to speak up in class, yeah. right? It's actually a great conversation to have with them about like, well, what do you think would be helpful, right? Would mm-hmm. going to your teacher, like, would it be helpful to talk to your teacher about that after class and just say, like, it's actually really hard for me to participate? And if we could, mm-hmm. like, sometimes teacher will help you prepare for the next day and let you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to ask a question about this mm-hmm. based on the, your last paper or whatever, your last test. Like, you have a lot of good insight about that. So maybe you could say this, right? Actually, teachers can coach you into that. And... So there is a solution. So don't just be like, oh, my kid's too quiet. They're never going to do it. There are different oh, yeah, ways yeah, to yeah. think about it. For sure. They need help. They need support in figuring that out. And if you have a child who's really afraid of being wrong and saying the wrong thing or looking dumb, that's something that really needs to be addressed right away. Yeah. Because it, it becomes really problematic and they start to really reinforce this negative self-concept about who they are as a learner. And it's just no good. It's no good. It's, it's no, no good. bueno. It doesn't yeah. take us anywhere good. I like the word that you used earlier about engagement, because I think the other way to think about how to start the year successfully is to think about what does my engagement look like in school more broadly. So talking to your child about their extracurricular involvement, you know, they are a member of a school community and it's important for them to think about who they are in community, whether it's their school community or maybe your church community or their athletic community, whatever communities they sort of travel in, you know, who are they? How do they show up? Are they contributing to that community? And if not, how can they? That's important for all kinds of reasons. So in a school context, helping children think about, well, what do you want to get involved in? Are there clubs? Is there a club fair? You've got to go to that. Go to the club fair, people. Yes, please. 
And if your if your child is like, I will only go look at the clubs that my friends are looking at. Please discourage them from doing that. <laughs> I know, but it's, I'd rather them do that a than losing not go battle. At all. I know, but still go <laughs> for sure. But I know it's a losing battle. But I'm like, can you just not? I'm just a little side note. Go for my it. kid, one of my kiddos who I've been seeing forever. She's going to be senior this year, but her I remember her freshman year. She's like, I went to the club fair and I signed up for the Red Cross Club and what was the other one? I can't remember the other one, but. And then she was like, I was like, really? <laughs> Red Cross Club, huh? She's like, well, my friends are doing it. And you know what? She was in that club for one year and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was club. like, mm, that was, this is, I don't like the Red Cross Club and my friends aren't doing anything that's interesting. So <laughs> I'm going to not do that anymore. My, my point is like just early on having that conversation with your kids, like, like, being like, oh, you're so interested in this. You should see if there's a club at your school that does right. this thing. Or can you start a club? Or, right. you know, like really helping them invest in their interests. I know they want to be with their friends. I know, I know, I know. But really, I think it's so important. It feels like a checkbox. But it's when we see kids engage in authentic so activities much, that they yeah. love, it's so good for them. And they really are able to yeah. become their best selves and demonstrate leadership skills that they may not be able to in places that are feel inauthentic and aren't don't really speak to their interests and their strengths. Right. Well, I'm so glad you brought up the point about how on the surface, it seems like we say join clubs because that's just a thing you're supposed to do, but really it is about holistic well-being for young yes. people, which leads me to the other side of the coin where sometimes I've worked with families where the child is really scheduled kind of to the hilt and they've got music lessons over here. Yeah, and yeah. I've got like this outside volleyball club over there. And it their schedule is constructed in such a way that it makes participating in school-based clubs or sports really like difficult. more organic. Yeah. Yeah. And I Opportunities think like for- if if your child is demonstrating an interest, so a couple of things to say. If your child is curious about how to get more involved in their school-based stuff, please let them. Please let them explore that. Yes. It's especially students who are new to schools. This is how they make friends. Even, how- it, even, even if it means letting go of something. Yes, because it probably will, right? Like, let, yes, like, I know it's really them. hard. It's really hard. Parents are like, "But you've been doing this thing since you were in second grade. Who How cares? could you stop doing this thing?" Oh but if your kid is like, "I really don't I enjoy don't it," play anymore. the violin that much, or maybe right. I only want to play it three days a week and not five days a week, and those right? two days I, I can join this club. Colleges aren't going to care. It's going to be you okay. know, and I <laughs> like. High school needs to be, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about getting ready for college and next chapters of life. And there's an element of the high school experience that is about that, but it's not so transactional. It's an experience unto itself. And for students to thrive, they need to be engaged in their school community because you're not with them when they're sitting by themselves at lunch because they haven't made any friends you know, we hear about those conversations yeah. all the time. You probably do too. Or you're not with them when they feel really awkward on that school trip because they haven't spent much time cultivating relationships with their peer group at school. Or they're yeah. running in with like the wrong peer group at their school and making some decisions that none of us would want them to make. So let them do it, please. Yes. I have worked with the most resistant teenagers. And when they have the opportunity to make yeah. a meaningful contribution to their school community or a community, but oftentimes their school community, yeah. it is really good for their self-confidence. 
and it's really good for them. It's like great boost to keep them keep doing it. Right. So it gives them, yeah, a sense of purpose when you're like a teenager and you're like, I don't know what my purpose is. Right. If you're like, oh, I did. I, I actually helped set up this club fair and look at how many people came. And kids actually feel good about that. Or I helped plan this pep rally. Totally. I helped decorate for this dance. And it was so cool. People loved it. It was so fun. Yeah. And all <laughs> those little moments make them feel successful in future moments. Yep. It gives them confidence to say, I don't exactly know how to solve this problem right now, but I've solved other problems before that I didn't know the answer to in advance. It's, it's just so, so important. So good. Yep. Well, I think we've covered – I thought of one more thing. You did? I did. That I was like, oh, this is a good one. As somebody – we were both former administrators. I'm, I'm so like – I know. I was like, I'm like oh, what, what is, is it? We didn't talk about this before. But we're both school administrators. Read former the handbook? school administrators. Are you going to say read the handbook? Sort of. <laughs> okay. There is a handbook. We do read recommend it. reading it. Please. Don't, don't make that Don't just initial it and say you did. Don't make that Dina students <laughs> kick you out. We both had to do that. But it is really good to actually – Talk about policies with your kid. Yeah. Oh, bless. <laughs> bless. Bless. You're so it's true. I love you so much. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, you policies. Must. You I'm must. so glad. Like attendance policies, late policies, late discipline. homework, discipline, late homework policy. Cheating each policies. Right. And like each teacher is going to have a different policy for totally. where do you turn in homework? How do you turn? Like look at the syllabus with them, like actually clarify so that it doesn't like, whoops, I didn't know that, mom. It's like, no, we talked about it the end of the year. Remember we looked at your syllabus. <laughs> the amount. <gasps> oh, oh, the kerfuffles. The amount of pain and sorrow. Oh, I know. I had to visit upon people. Because they just either knowingly violated certain rules and policies or out of just laziness, unknowingly, yeah. unwittingly violated rules and policies. It's just head that stuff off at the path. That That is – That should have been number one. That should have been number one. <laughs> oh, well. We'll get it's, there. It's okay. We thought of it. At the end. Hopefully that helps you start all of this information. We know it's a lot. And I know I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of things. But we hope that at least one of those bullet points, you don't have to do them all, but one of them really speaks to you and you know will help your kid get the school year off to a great start. We have lots of more exciting episodes for you this season. So please tune in, share, like, tell your friends about our podcast because we're trying to be famous, y'all. <laughs> We, we can't get a book deal unless you guys listen to our podcast. <laughs> so get on it, people. All right. Just kidding. Welcome back to school. Welcome, Welcome back to another back. season. It's going to be a great year. Yep. We'll see you next time.